Michigan State University Interim President Teresa K. Woodruff joins me on MSU today to elaborate on topics she covers in her February 2024 Spartan Community Letter, which you can read by clicking on the Communications tab at president.msu.edu. In her letter, President Woodruff looks back on shared accomplishments as she moves into a new role of service to the university. And President Woodruff, so great to speak with you again. Great to chat with you as well, Russ. Thank you. You know, upon your appointment as interim president of MSU 16 months ago, you asked us to join you in looking upward and reaching high. You talked about bringing stability to the campus yep. and on being a transformative leader in a time of transition. Mm -hmm. There's some specific accomplishments in a moment, but in general, how are you reflecting as you prepare to hand the reins of the university over to Kevin Guskowitz? Well, I, I feel the university's foundation is strong. We've certainly been shaken, haven't we, Russ? <laughs> and uh, I think we've all felt some of those ripples across uh, Spartan Nation, but the foundation is held firm and we are strong and that allows us to continue our, our upward trajectory as an institution of, of higher learning and transformation for uh, not just our students, but uh, the faculty, staff, and, and the entire community. Um, you know, as I look back, I, I see us more and more as a close-knit family, and uh, that's something that I'll always cherish as I move forward. Yes, and, and you do write that student success is our prime mission. What do we mean by student success at MSU, and, and what are some of the ways we're making progress? Well, the way I define it is that every student we admit has the ability, upon admission, to thrive at Michigan State and to graduate. That's the most important thing we can do. Uh, since I be, was since I came uh, originally in 2020, student success was opening the door as wide as possible to the largest number of entrants and and enabling their good outcomes, which includes uh, completion of the degree to which they uh, have applied themselves at Michigan State. So um, we uh, we continue to increase our diversity uh, across this great campus. We're closing the graduation gaps. Uh, we've increased the student numbers, uh, and that's really important. But while doing that, we've supported more and more students. And we've done this by investing heavily in advisors. Uh, we were at about a 1 to 3,000 person advisor ratio and are now down to about 1 in 750 and headed toward 1 in 350. And that, to me, uh, is a meaningful way in which students can transition, as uh, we've talked about in the past, Russ, from major to mission. And I think there is no place other than Michigan State where we talk about that, uh, uh, that new student's mission. What do you want to do with your life? And then let us help you find the habit trails across the institution to be able to enable that. Now, financial stability for our students has been really important. And one of the things I'm most proud of during my time here is that um, we started when I was provost and we're able to enact it now as uh, interim president is our new Spartan Tuition Advantage Program. And uh, that's going to allow 6,000 students uh, to have their tuition entirely covered, Russ. And that's a real commitment that uh, we all have uh, to uh, enabling students uh, to succeed. So those are some of the things that uh, I think we've put into place that um, are enabling to student success. Uh, and uh, I'm really proud of the accomplishments of so many who have put all of these things into place. Yes, indeed. And another key theme in MSU Strategic Plan 2030 
is Discovery, Creativity, and Innovation for Excellence and Global Impact. MSU's research enterprise grew by $84.8 million in 2023 to a total of $844 million. That robust growth comes on top of a $49 million rise the prior year and puts us on a great trajectory to reach our strategic goal of $1 billion in annual research outlays by 2030. And Theresa, this includes investment in health sciences, plant science research, and really the transformative power of our national leadership in STEM research and education. You're exactly right, Russ. And I guess the thing that I would uh, uh, tell folks is that the reason we're going to a, a dollar amount, that $1 billion, is because that represents everyday transformation. And to me, the greatness of this institution is because we think about teaching together with research. And what that means is that we're, we're educating in those knowledge nodes that already exist, that someone else has already discovered. And I call that horizontal learning, where the answers are in the back of the book. But the And that is really effective. But the best learning comes when you learn how to ask questions about the world's most pressing needs and discover how to uh, tackle the answers. And that's what research really is. So when you have a great research faculty who are the educators of our 51,316 students, that's where the magic occurs. So incenting and um, recognizing that, uh, what I've always called the interoperability between great teaching and great research uh, becomes the greatness of the university and that's measured in the success of our students. So uh, I'm excited by all the work we're doing. Uh, we needed to focus on uh, National Institutes of Health funding, but not to the exclusion of all the other funding uh, sources, Department of Education, Department of Defense, Department of Energy, all of the ways in which we have levered the excellence, whether it is, as you've already said, in plant sciences um, or in uh, EFRIB, our facility for rare isotope beams. Um, we have been transformative um, uh, and and I expect there to be more. And really turning much of that research into practical uh, life improvement uh, solutions for Spartans and everyone around the world, frankly. Right, right. That that um, that teaching and research with impact uh, that those really are the three pillars of this great institution. Yes. And of course, the health and safety of students, faculty, and staff remain a top priority. This includes the leadership of people like Chief Safety Officer Marlon Lynch and the additions of Dr. Alexis Travis as Vice Provost and Executive Director of our new University Health and Wellbeing Division, and Laura Ruglis to lead our Office of Civil Rights and Title IX Education and Compliance. Right. We've put people into places and then uh, enabled the policies to work on behalf of, of the organization in ways that I, I think are, are very transform, uh, transformative. And um, uh, I think as we uh, have walked through this last month and walked through this last year, we've seen how critical having uh, structure enable function. So we hired Dr. Alexis Travis as vice provost. Um, and part of her charge was to um, build this University Health and Wellbeing Division, which we started about a year ago, just over a year ago. And um, that, uh, in, that creates a hub of information. So 
you don't have to go and figure out in a fragmented way where to go. There's a one-stop place for everyone within this institution to find the information they need. And that's been uh, a really, uh, I, I think that's part of the stabilization of the organization. And Laura Ruglis, um, we also brought in uh, an outstanding new leader and uh, changed the appointment level to vice, uh, vice president. Uh, that structure enables um, her to be in all the meetings of consequence uh, that um, are part of our thought process across the entire enterprise. So we've really in health and safety thought about structure and function. We've thought about people and position, and we've been enabling to good outcomes with, with the policies that we've created, always remaining true to our humanity as Spartans. And how are we doing on diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives? And the new freestanding multicultural center is rising in, is rising in the heart of campus. It is. And the good news is you're not seeing anything on the outside. <laughs> you're seeing it's all on the inside. Uh, I was over there and looking through the double doors on the south side. And, you know, there's just a it's a beehive inside of, of trades that are working over there. And that is a really exciting part of our uh, comprehensive uh, set of goals in, in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. And uh, I'm so proud of Benny Gore and Jabbar Bennett and so many others who have um, really taken the lead uh, in this area. I hope many folks will click on, I know there's a link in the, in the newsletter, Russ, on our DEI scorecard. And it's, it's less about what the quantitative information is, but just the, the aspirations and, and what, what, we're, what we're really focused on. And uh, we have broad sense of accomplishment as an organization that we are welcoming to as many folks as we can, and we'll continue to do that. The other thing, Russ, I really want to mention and, and uh, highlight is the 1855 professorships. Um, these are professors that uh, we brought in to advance our DEI priorities, and um, it's exciting to see the, the excitement in the colleges. And um, this is a, a cross-disciplinary way of um, focusing on students' missions and allowing them to see themselves as part of, part of a, a vibrant future that they're transforming. President Woodruff, you often say that our talented and dedicated employees are MSU's greatest asset. What are some ways we're making MSU a great place to work? Well, I, I think probably primarily what folks think about is the way in which uh, I prioritized compensation. And, you know, we went through some a uh, couple of dark years during the COVID context, and I'm so grateful, eternally grateful for every person who sacrificed to enable the, the onward march for the institution. But we needed to really make sure that uh, as we came out of that COVID time that uh, we prioritized uh, people and their needs. And so when I took over the reins in uh, November of 2023, am I, no, 2022, right. <laughs> um, we were running at double digit uh, inflation. And so it was very clear to me that uh, people were hurting. It was hard to, to go to the grocery store and not see that, um, that inflationary impact on people's pockets books. So uh, I elected to do a um, State of the University in early January of 2023. So uh, just two months after I came in and, and one of the things that I said was the recognition of that uh, inflationary pressure 
and and our recent history at the institution meant that we had to prioritize uh, compensation. And uh, you will note, and I, I think we talked about it last year, that uh, we did. 75% of the income of the institution that was brought in from the state appropriations um, uh, all, in our all funds budget went to compensation across the board. And, um, you know, I, I can't fix all the ills of the world or all the external economic pressures that uh, impale themselves on us. Uh, nor can I change the macro of uh, kind of diseases that cross borders. Uh, but what we can do is prioritize the uh, the employee and their work. And uh, I so uh, in a fully inclusive way, um, that was everyone. And uh, you've heard me talk about um, this ethos, each other, not other. And uh, I see Spartans working hard uh, every single day. I, I think of the ways that we can uh, enable their their positive contribution to this great organization, and part of that's been compensation. Man, many other brush, but I think that's the thing I would touch. Yes, and on the stewardship and sustainability front, that's another key theme in MSU Strategic Plan 2030. May not be all that sexy, but the new all funds budget system is laying the foundation for financial management transformation to improve functionality transparency, and access to information. And MSU continues to rank high nationally in sustainability leadership within higher education. We truly right. are green. <laughs> we truly are green. And actually, one of the most fun things I've done is go with uh, Jim Bowman into our power plant. I was great, grateful to shake hands of the CEO of Consumers Energy um, on our uh, energy purchase agreement over in the Simon Power Plant. Went into the very center and heart of that um, of that impressive building. And um, the people who work there in the heart of the party are, uh, they, they are Martin's best. And uh, it's been really great to see the energy demands being met by the work that we do in that uh, space. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned to you at one point, but on a sunny day this summer, I was in there and all of, the, all of effort was being powered by our solar array. And, uh, you know, the dance that it takes to go between the different uh, parts of our uh, um, power production is really at um, the most sophisticated level you can imagine. And uh, we take for granted the ways in which this uh, institution runs as seamlessly as it does. And uh, I have deep gratitude to everyone who, who makes that, uh, that possible. You're here. And in the land grant tradition, engagement in our communities has been yep. a priority for you. That includes Lansing, Flint, Grand Rapids, Detroit. You've been everywhere. I've been everywhere. I've been on farms. I've been in dairies. Uh, I've I've, I've uh, volunteered in different places and spaces. And uh, you know uh, what Michigan State is doing is very methodical and thoughtful. So um, we really are uh, centered here in East Lansing, where the heart is, but. We, as a land-grant institution, want to make sure that we are building out capability across the state. And so that firstly occurs through our extension programs across the state. And I, I've uh, visited every one of our extension sites and been in uh, almost all of the counties, uh, missing a few of them, Russ, but have been uh, in almost all of the counties across Michigan. Uh, and then, you know, of course, Grand Rapids was uh, a place that the institution built out and uh, it's so... Um, 
I think as Michigan State has grown, it has brought uh, the city of Grand Rapids with it, uh, a great city that, that now is, uh, is really vibrating in ways that is exciting. Flint is a place that we have been uh, for many years. And uh, I remember talking with Cliff Wharton uh, when uh, Tom and Dolores and I were, were able to sit together with uh, Cliff in his apartment in New York and talk about his engagement with the Charles Stewart Mott Foundation. And uh, I've been privileged to continue that relationship. And of course, uh, you know, Detroit, we're really making a big mark there. We have for many years, it's been quiet as uh, Michigan State usually is very humble, but now you can really see us literally on the skyline. And um, I think that there's going to be a great outpouring of, of a new way of, of providing medicine uh, and health, and as, uh, as Norm Beauchamp says, health and hope uh, across Detroit. And uh, it's an exciting time for us in that city as well. Hope, health, and healing for all. That's Norm's line, yes. <laughs> and, you know, in placemaking, we have many exciting plans for new and revitalized facilities supporting future research, instruction, and outreach on our, on our East Lansing campus and off. We mentioned the Multicultural Center. We've also got advancements in the School of Packaging, the MSU Museum, and one close to your heart, the Engineering and Digital Innovation Center known as EDIC. Right. And, you know, I think what folks should know is that this is the time of the most ambitious um, placemaking in Michigan State's uh, recent history. And certainly since uh, 1939 and the WPA projects that built a lot of the North Campus housing and, and uh, just after World War II when the GIs came, uh, came back. Uh, and so this is really exciting. It's very timely uh, for us to do this. When I first got here, um, we uh, were a little bit stalled on the STEM building, but eventually caught up as a supply chain caught up with the building products and were able to cut the, um, the ribbon on the first freestanding teaching building at Michigan State in 50 years. And it was clear to me that we needed to make, um, make bold investments in ways that could sustain uh, this institution. And, and I was reading back on you know, what I said in one of those uh, first interviews, uh, first Zooms, which of course at the time we didn't even know how to do, Russ, it's really funny to reflect on the uh, three and a half years. But uh, I said that in fact, those institutions that make bold plans, everybody was, everybody was brought to basically ground zero at the same time, all uh, through COVID. So uh, whether you were the Ivy or the West Coast or Michigan State, we were all uh, kind of level set. And whoever made bold plans would come off the baseline and have a steep upward trajectory uh, that would um, uh, enable a future that um, could distinguish it from, from the past. And we've done that. And part of that has been in this bold placemaking uh, uh, work that we've done. And um, from, as you mentioned, Campbell Hall uh, in the North Campus to the Health and Wellness Center um, to EDIC, the Engineering Digital Innovation Center, we are uh, placemaking in a way that I think is going to inspire great work. EDIC is uh, a new way of educating. And of course, this institution was predicated on a new way of educating where uh, you know, Williams and Abbott went to Europe and found that um, education in the agriculture and mechanical arts uh, differed from the philosophical uh, and uh, you know, Latin and other kinds of ways of, of knowing and thinking that were being educated in Harvard and Yale. And they came back and believed in this new state of Michigan that we could lift ourselves up if we had that kind of model. 
so built it as a first in the nation. And of course, others followed, uh, you know, uh, a decade later with the Morrill Act. So um, this university has continued to be a leader in educational ideas and Engineering Digital Innovation Center, where instead of going to a college, the colleges come to you around um, the, um, the ways of understanding and knowing of the future that we will teach is that inspirational next step for Michigan State. So uh, I hope everybody stays abreast of Engineering Digital Innovation Center or EDIC and um, more to come as that uh, continues to develop. We are saying goodbye to impactful Spartans like Chief Safety Officer Marlon Lynch, whom I mentioned earlier, and MSU Safe Place Director Holly Rosen. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are always transitions. Uh, my own transition, Marlon's transition to the University of Colorado, where he will go and, and be uh, successful in building a new um, public health and safety organization there, dissimilar to what he did here. And we're so grateful for Marlon and his leadership. And we should mention that Doug Monette will come into that role. Uh, and uh, my thanks to, to Doug for stepping in as, as vice president uh, of uh, of, of safety at Michigan State. And for many of us, um, someone who has just been an extraordinary exemplar of Spartan spirit is Holly Rosen. And uh, First Lady Joanne McPherson, as you probably know, had as her passion project, Safe Place. I was very delighted to talk to um, President McPherson uh, uh, early last year, I think, or maybe it was in the summer of last year. And, you know, Safe Place continues to resonate uh, here at Michigan State, across the nation, and is an exemplar, again, for the nation of what we can offer. And it's the starting point for the work on relationship violence and sexual misconduct. And she has sat on our expert work group and really, really delighted um, that we can celebrate her excellence uh, as she steps into retirement. And President Woodruff, you don't mention it particularly in this letter, but I wonder if you might just talk about your interactions and your thoughts on our amazingly generous donors and our passionate alumni. Oh, our alumni are second to none, second to none. And, you know, the fact that we have, uh, you know, um, such a strong uh, institutional phenotype is because of their passion and their continual um, care for this institution. An imprint of Michigan State is life changing and life lasting. And so, uh, you know, no matter where I am, I get that go green. Uh, I was just in Florida with some of our alumni for Winter University, walking on the street of Naples and across the street, someone yells out, go green. And uh, they recognize me. I didn't look like a president at the time, but I was wearing, I was wearing green. I was wearing my, I, I'm wear the brand, be the brand, uh, Russ. I, I, I can't get out, that out of my closet. So it's just exciting. Uh, and I'm so grateful for everyone who sticks truly by the side of Michigan State through thick and thin, through the highs and the lows, um, but believes in the mission of a place that has been transformative for 168 years, and I'm confident will continue to do so for 168 more. Yeah. So, so tell us about your new role of special advisor to the offices of the MSU president and provost, and about your return to your research pursuits <laughs> as a proud faculty member. Well, I've always been uh, I've always been provost and professor, or president and professor. So I've I've never lost that professor. Um, professorship and uh, have uh, uh, worn both uh, monikers proudly. 
yes, I've been asked by President Keskowitz and by uh, Provost Yaitsko to serve as advisors to them, particularly in the area of elevating um, the reputation and excellence of the institution through honor honorifics. Uh, I'm happy to do so um, through the lens of the National Academies, the American Academies, um, the Guggenheims, et cetera. So there are many ways that I can lend my voice and expertise uh, in, in meetings and places that I am about the excellence of our faculty uh, and the superb nature of this institution and its, its uh, work. So I'm happy to support uh, the institution in any way that I can. And, and this is the way I can give my service back over this uh, uh, transition period. Well, President Woodruff, great talking with you again, and thank you so much for your passionate leadership of our great university these past 16 months. Uh, you really dove into this assignment with heart and soul, and it was it was palpable. Thank you. Thank, well, I was all in, and uh, so thank you, Russ. Thank you for that. That's Michigan State University Interim President Teresa K. Woodruff. She's joining me on MSU today to elaborate on topics she covers in her February 2024 Spartan Community Letter, which you can read by clicking on the Communications tab at president.msu.edu. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.